welcome back, everyone. Episode two of the Listening Party Pod with Adam and Mike, as we're now Whoever it. thought, whoever thought we'd get this far? <laughs> I dare to dream, Adam. We'd have one to have a podcast where we dare to put our names in it, if only just to differentiate it from other podcasts we've ever found. <laughs> the Listening Party and a slightly similar logo. What I really like about that is the idea that our names are somehow a draw. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I kind of do want to then put in brackets. We know this is self-aggrandizing. We we know our place. Really yeah, do. Yeah. It's pure. It's purely a marketing thing. It's nothing to do with how we think of ourselves. I imagine we only put my name first because it's alphabetical. Quite right. You know. <laughs> exactly, Adam. We've got to have a system. Otherwise, there would just be questions. Well, why does Mike go first? Oh, yeah. I can't, can't be bothered with this. Because he's in charge. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't stress that enough. He's in charge. I have a child. <laughs> so, Adam, last week you brought to the party, well, I say last time, you brought to the party Rush's moving pictures. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And we agreed it was fine. It's fine, That's, Adam. We didn't agree that. It was that, um, yeah. We all agreed at the party. I maintain it's superb. You maintain that it's all right. Mm, yeah. I will, I will say I've gone back and listened to a few tracks. In another quarter in the party. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, I have to admit, uh, like, Red Bruschetta has grown on me, for one. And witch various other tracks. Yeah, oh, yeah, Witch Hunt still continues to be ablaze, yes. Uh, yeah, no, it's, I'd say it's grown on me. I'll give you that, I'll give you that. It's, it can stay in the jukebox. I don't know whether or not today's... Well, why don't you tell people what today's is? I mean, they'll remember because presumably the legions of listeners from the first one will be here as soon as it's out. Well, as you both may remember, and the fact it's the title of the, the you know episode, uh, yada yada. I I brought with me I brought with me Tyler the Creator's Igor, which is scary and mysterious for Adam in a number of ways. Is one, it's Quite a recent album, as in it came out the last 18 months. Yeah. Uh, and technically, it's from a genre you don't particularly listen to, which That's is... absolutely correct. But most frightening uh, of all, he appears to be what you might call a man in, in his 20s or 30s. But, and this is vital, in his 20s or 30s now, as opposed to in his 20s or 30s in the early 1970s. Yeah, so... If he had any a... sense of decency at all, <laughs> he'd be around 75 now. Tyler the Creator is very much alive, and I think he just hit 30 last year. That's obscene. Mmm, so, yes. And considering the level of creativity the man has, it's also just... It's oh, I mean, I, I will... I'm going to um, probably, in all likelihood, uh, sound like quite the negative Nancy on this one. But oh, I really no, should no. say, as a caveat, the level of creativity, the, un- the feverish creativity on the record is astounding. He's well, he's a man that uh, is not shy of ideas. No. No, you can't say that for him. Before we launch into that, though, Mike, I feel I simply must ask, because I'm we've... Well, we speak, even when we're not recording it. Um, you've recently bought a bunch of records. My questions yeah. are as follows. One, mm. what was the nature of the record shop? Two, what did you buy? Was it any of it any good? And three... And I can't stress this enough. Did you gain the much sought after, the much cherished approval 
of the man in the Neil Young, I presume it was a Neil Young t-shirt, and it's always a man, at the front of the shop. What did he make of your purchases? Well, Adam, I've just been on a, a nice little staycation around the UK because, you know, we're in this weird lock, kind of lockdown, but we're yeah, not. I so am going to be... have to correct you there. You've been on holiday. Been on staycation holiday. is your own house. True, true. Uh, so, yeah, I I... only people that are used to going to Mustique are calling it a staycation <laughs> if they have to go to Cornwall. For me and you, it's a holiday. Yeah, so I've just I've just been to Bath and Cornwall and lovely corners of the country. Uh, yeah, I... I've, I, I hmm? No, oh, yeah, lovely, lovely. Yeah, I I visited um, one, two, I think five different record shops. That's a lot. Um, I only went to one in South Wales, uh, and uh, it was an absolute train wreck. More of which later. Oh, uh, I, I will. You know, one doesn't count. It was a HMV where I made my purchases. Uh. Depends really whether or not you got a bang for your buck, because the problem with HMV, particularly if you're buying vinyl, is ooh a pretty penny. Yeah, it was a two for thirty offer. I got two Bowies. Uh, Very got reasonable. Yeah, and, and I got a couple of more metal stuff, Adam, which you wouldn't care for just yet. Uh, one of those albums may appear later down the line as an episode. Uh, I think I you like, enjoy. I don't mind a bit of metal. No, oh, no, that's, that's true. Actually, you do. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the best one is I went to Resolution Records in Bath, which I highly recommend. Uh, I was, yeah, I was, I'm not going to be naming the one in South Wales for reasons that <laughs> will become apparent. But I was uh, you know, rocking a Nick Cave t-shirt, lad behind the, the desk, as I walked in and said, I like your t-shirt, mate. There you ah. go. We're off to a wonderful start here. Well, you're off to an absolute rager. I'm, you know, he's already got my money in some capacity. It's just how much of it he's going to get. So you picked yourself up off the floor. <laughs> yeah. You immediately check your balance on your phone. Mm-hmm. I thought, right, this lad's getting 250 quid. I don't even want anything. I will say, though, just half an hour before I was in Debenhams buying some aftershave and the six-year-old lady behind the counter also complimented my Nick Cave t-shirt. So that's just filled with retailers who just dig Nick Cave. (laughs) Or what they do is they wait for a schmuck in a band t-shirt to walk in and go, here's one. (laughs) I like your band. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I like the insert band name here. Uh, ah, I quite... admire that beat combo. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Resolution Records had some uh, had a wonderful hip hop album. I just saw on the shelf, which I've been listening to on cassette since I was about seven. Uh, oh, is it? Uh, it's the Above the Rim soundtrack, which is a, a hip hop influenced film from 1994, featuring Tupac and Leon from Core cool Runnings and oh. Mark Wayans. Uh, it's been a long favourite of mine, it's a Death Row Records soundtrack, so uh, executive produced by Suge Knight and Dr Dre it was a, it was just there on the wall, 45 quid it was just one of those instant, I didn't even look at the price, oh, I just yeah, grabbed yeah. it off the wall and was like, I've never seen one of these in the wild, it is now mine I shall fight anyone in this building Well that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you could probably have tracked down that soundtrack via mm. eBay mm, Indeed I cannot the, Where's the love? Where's the heart? Yeah. Yes. Where's the where's the sense of adventure? I went into a nameless record shop in South <laughs> Wales, and it was bad. It was bad in there. I mean, for one, there was, you know, when there are twin scents competing for your attention, and here we had the rival clans of damp and aggressive incense <laughs> fighting over my senses, and I was leafing through the racks and. As I messaged to you before, Queen Greatest Hits Volume One for fifty pounds. 
<laughs> I had a look. Can get a, you can get it in Tesco for about 20. Yes, exactly. Who is buying that for 50 quid? Who is going? I mean, I would understand if it was, say, a first pressing of a night at the opera or something, and that yeah. went and that squeezed to 50. That would be, I mean, that's probably cheap for a first pressing. Mm. But, but, you know, an, an actual album. But Queen yeah. Grex, it's volume one. There must be a million of them just in the sea, let alone in people's <laughs> homes. It is one of the most widely commercially available records. And to try and command £50 for that, I thought was lunacy. So I did what any man in my position would do, Mike. I looked at my phone and went, oh, time's up, as though to imply that my long-suffering wife was summoning me, which was not true. (laughs) Not even married. Um, (laughs) I think she was at Greg's, having a whirl of a time. But yeah, well, I left. And I left the man in his Neil Young t-shirt and his waterproof to his own devices. And I wish him well, but Christ alive, come on. Also, you know when you're looking through an entire shop and thinking, how can there be so much music in here and I don't want any of it? Yes, I I did something similar. Again, I won't name names, but in Falmouth there was a record shop. There's a lot in there. And I used to buy for quite quite a lot because it was basically like the main record shop I'd go to. But now, now I'm quite, you know, I'm quite prolific vinyl buyer, I'd say, these days. Absolutely, and yeah, yeah. So now I know a bit more of what the price structure is. I went in there this time. And I was just like, you're having a laugh with some of this on you. I'm just like, I, like, I owned this. And I paid, like, three times less. Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, and again, it's one of those ones where it's just wall-to-wall music everywhere. And I was just like, it was like, music, music everywhere. And I don't want any of it. Yeah, I think... Because sometimes it's just almost the environment you're in. If it's too cluttered and stuff, it's just like, oh, it's just too much in here to take in. I I think that one in um, where you live, which Mm. is just, it's a basement below a bookshop, is, I think, lovely. Because it's just, it's it's clean and well lit, but it's just, and it will only accommodate about four, often men, leaving through... Um, and, you know, you might find one or two gems in there, but the joy is in not knowing what you want before you turn up. Just thinking, oh, exactly, I'm yeah. probably going to spend £20. What will I buy for that? Let's find out. And then yeah, take I... them to a hostelry. And <laughs> traditionally, you and I would then swap <laughs> and go through what we've each bought and go, oh, seems all right. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a listen sometime. Yeah, yeah. But if you wanted to, we're both, you know, we're both earning now. Not vast sums, but then we have disposable income. If you wanted to, you could go on eBay every payday and buy yourself a handful of records. But mm-hmm. where would the fun be? I have to say, during lockdown, that's been my main vice, is probably every four days, just pop on Amazon and go, fancy that. Prime. Oh God, you know, I know yeah, I hate yeah. to be one of those people, but, you know, it's just... Did you enjoy 20, it as much? 20, 20. Can you honestly say you enjoyed it as much? No, honestly can't. No, no there, there is something just wonderful, like you say, just turning up to a record shop, just thinking, I'm going to buy some records. I have no idea what, yeah. don't know what time period, don't know what genre. But With I'm nothing have a other room. than a rough idea of how much you're going to spend and a yeah. spirit of adventure. That's all you need. <laughs> Which, you know, can lead you down like the, the road of expectation. You kind of go, oh, didn't see anything. Oh, bit put out there. And also but, sometimes what's nice is to like it's an artist that you think that you're going to be getting into, but you haven't done any of the wider reading. 
and you end up picking up one of theirs. And you might not listen to it for a couple of years. I know you've done that, where you've just suddenly, oh, I've just got into this person. And then I found out that past Mike had already picked up two of them. <laughs> yes, yes, Adam, I've mentioned to you, them to you several years ago. And you just like, yeah, yeah, I'll check them. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah. great. <laughs> so, do you want a bit of context for Tyler the Creator? I feel like I better had. Let's begin. So, Tide the Creator, Adam, came out about, well, became prevalent about 10 years ago. So, he's a rapper, musician, songwriter, producer, actor, and visual artist. Yeah. And also, um, I was going to say costume designer, as a, you know, uh, fashion designer, not costume designer. <laughs> <laughs> Grand costume. Uh, he's known as the de facto leader of the Odd Future hip hop group as he was their main producer. And before Igor came out last year, in May 2019, he made a four albums previously and a mixtape. The mixtape's called Bastard, and the albums are called Goblin, Wolf, Cherry Bomb, and Flower Boy. Or, to give it its proper title, Scumfuck Flower Boy. I mean, there's a lot to enjoy there, isn't there? Mm. Uh, I did enjoy looking at the covers of his records as well. Yes, and a lot of his albums have various covers to them. He, the cover to Igor, or Igor, mm. is is great. Yeah. <laughs> Considering it's just him looking gormless on a pink background. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It's a striking image. He, he is absolutely incredible at putting together just visuals, whether it's his music videos or just like, like his album covers. Like if you go and check out all his music videos are self-directed. And just the wealth of ideas on show. So it's, it's quite remarkable. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not he's not suffering from a deficit, is he? No. I not... so I listened to the album the first time you we well, told me about it. And then I I haven't done any sort of reading on the man deliberately. Um because I knew you'd be providing me with this context. Context. But I did listen to a handful of his older stuff mm. and found it well, I, I didn't. I didn't necessarily enjoy some of the lyrics on display. No, so... I thought he had a troubling relationship with um, women, in particular as regards oral sex. Hmm. Do you remember which uh, albums you kind of just gave a quick listen to? No, I'm afraid not, because uh, one, it was a while ago, and two, it was YouTube. Um, but it was a. It was frequent enough for me to consider it a, something of a trope. Um, I don't know whether or not... So, but I didn't get any of that on this album. No. Um, with Igor, people do think he's kind of... Ugh, matured a bit as an artiste. Um, yet, one of the big things about Tyler Creator is... Certainly when he came out in well, 2010... It was, it was this weird thing around in this weird mystique... Where the only person I can really compare it to is a Marilyn Manson... Like for a while, he was like the Marilyn Manson of hip hop because he was this. He came out with these really kind of deranged, introspective lyrics talking about his psychology and through characters we were talking about how they want to, you know, murder and mutilate people, all done through the guise of being Tyler the Creator and creating this other wealth of characters. So he was almost thrown in with like the emo and horrorcore scene of hip hop. And. 
so he kind of got a large like reputation. He got a lot of like, as you might expect, a lot of white suburban kids following him because there's almost that Eminem style effect of you know being very emotive lyrics, but still just being really like I'm sad and young and twisted because he was only 19 when he first came out and he's like self-producing. He's making his own videos at the end of his first main video called Yonkers. I misunderstood. Yeah, well, at the end of Yonkers' video, he hangs himself. It's an amazing video. It's oh, so sparse and everything. But yeah, he just garnered this. He, he hangs himself to enormous <laughs> approval. It really was. Everyone festooned the video with applause. And there, there really was this mystique around him of like, wow, Tyler Cray is really fucked. And like for a while, I actually didn't want, you know, I'm a 20 odd year old man at this point. And I was like, I don't really want to listen to Tyler Cray. It sounds fucked up. And then when I finally did, I was like, well, God, it's, it's incredible. It's how, and his voice as well. He just has such a uh, just very um, unique voice, just mm. real snarling. Like every time he comes on a track where he's featuring on another artist's song, you just instantly know it's Tyler, the creator. And it's kind of interesting because in Igor, he's singing a lot more. And watching an interview he did for Apple Music, he basically says, I fucking hate my voice. And he's just like, yeah, I know it's great as a rapping voice, but sometimes I want to sound like Stevie Wonder. And he's just like, I just want, I want to sing. And he's just, he's kind of, he's blessed and cursed with this incredible, just, mm, you know, growly voice, which is instantly recognisable. And it's kind of like his selling point. But yeah, as to the lyrics, yes, um, there is kind of rightly so a lot of argument against the lyrics for being misogynistic and homophobic because he tends to throw yeah, there was the, a bit of that bit of yeah, that as well he tends to throw the f word around a lot um uh, and it's to that point that got him banned from coming to the uk for a few years uh where was it yeah in 2015 he was banned from visiting the uk for three to five years for homophobic lyrics dating I back mean, to 2009 given that we didn't we haven't banned you know actual war criminals yeah, it was a bit very that bizarre. That does thing. seem ludicrous. Like, who's that for? There's, there's yeah. no, there, nobody's actually doing that for anybody's benefit. No. So it's only going to be to, like, win votes. Yeah. It but came... I can't imagine the Daily Mail even knowing who he is. No, I don't think he was troubling mainstream media in that regard. I mean, um, it was basically they got a letter from Theresa May, who was a Home Secretary at the time. And didn't uh, she do a bang-up job? Oh, yeah, wonderful job. So, you know, all, all that other stuff. And then, yes, but I, I banned Tyler, the creator, from coming to the country. I mean, by this point, I'd already seen him live twice. So, well done, Ms. May. Um, <laughs> Had you? Yeah. Where? I saw Odd Future perform at Kentish Town Forum. And then when I... Went to see Eminem at Wembley Stadium, which I hated. I, I, I'm not an Eminem fan, everyone. Um, they opened for him there. Wow. So in two episodes, we slagged off Pink Floyd and Eminem. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Fuck. <laughs> God, that Eminem show was shit. I mean, not, not Eminem's fault, but just the, the sound at Wembley Stadium is absolute bilge. Couldn't hear a fucking yeah, I have uh, heard that. I've also heard that hip-hop also sometimes does not work live. Sometimes no. I went to see Wu Tang a few years ago, and you it imagine was, it was like just I was just being shouted at by forty-year-old men. <laughs> Why are you shouting at me? <laughs> there was yeah, there was no real finesse, Adam. There was no luxurious. I'm really sorry that you're cross. How can we work to resolve this? <laughs> what can I do to help you? You're a guest in my country. Yeah, I just felt like Wu Tang. Do we just... have any more any more crisps we could offer? 
Adam, I felt like Wu Tang were aggrieved with me, oh. and I did. I didn't know where to put my face. What a, the shame you must have felt I, as a I, host. Because I knew they were nothing to fuck with. I'm assuming that's a lyric. It is indeed, Adam. You yes. have listened to that first album, Stop Being Such a Square. I may well have listened to that first album, but I listened to it at university, where, need I remind you, I was 19. I do not remember every record I've ever listened to. And potentially drunk. Uh, university. Yeah, one nuts. So, yes, in, in terms of the misogynist lyrics, um, a tour of Australia was cancelled in 2015 after a grassroots campaign against his misogynist lyrics kicked off. I mean, for Australia to ban somebody for being misogynist Pretty or homophobic is what ludicrous. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, did you... you might tell you what, there's one thing that I absolutely can't abide it's people being unkind to Sheila's. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely cannot countenance it. <laughs> yeah, and he got into a bit more uh, trouble because he named two of the activists in that campaign on Twitter, which led to, you know, can you imagine, Adam, on Twitter, people sent those women death and rape threats. No. Because, because of the internet, everyone. Because that's a thing you can do. It is a thing you can do. I would be... Genuinely gobsmacked, though, to meet one of those people in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> those I would not be taking off the shelf and not asking any questions about Just, the prize. Um, if I may, sir. Why? <laughs> Why must you rape this person? Is that your only recourse? <laughs> yes. It does seem to be. Like, you know, with the, um, oh, what's her name? Mary Beard, you know, the TV yeah, historian. Yeah was getting rape threats for not being attractive enough. How dare she, Adam? How simply dare she? To talk about the Roman Empire on television. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> we all must have Scarlett Johansson. Absolutely. About... Absolutely. Fascinating insight into your psyche, where Scarlett Johansson is your go-to hot <laughs> woman. Because <laughs> I was going to go with Carol Borderman first. <laughs> no, 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 go go somewhere else. But she won Rear of the Year in the nineties. Exactly. <laughs> but who I'm was a... next? Was it Anthea Turner? <laughs> I was going to say, I might as well Barbara fucking Windsor. Anthea Turner, the way she ate that snowflake bar at her wedding in the Hello photographs in around 1998 intrigues me. <laughs> Yes, and of his um, use of the homophobic language, Tyler Hass says, I'm not homophobic, I just say the F word and use gay as an adjective to describe stupid shit. Um, Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> if I may. If I may. Uh, a word that, in your ear. <laughs> that I'm, a, I'm terribly sorry that I have to be the one that tells you this. Wu-Tang were going to, but they're too cross. <laughs> Can't make that, heads or tails of what I'm saying. That is homophobia. There's a degree here where it's almost like you can forgive maybe the, maybe the folly of youth, but uh, I think hopefully it's grown out because it's, it's one of those things now where I still, with a lot of rappers who I hugely admire, they still throw around the F word with abandon. It's like, come on, guys, I thought we all got the newsletter now. We should yeah, stop yeah. saying that. Early 90s, yeah, it wasn't great then, but we, we could not understand the context, everyone, because of context. But we all know we shouldn't throw that word around now, so can we stop? You would hope that everybody... Because then... that, those words were absolutely ten a penny when I was at school, but they're not anymore. No, no. You know, because you know, everybody sort of listened and went, oh, yeah, no, I see why that's a problem. Fair yeah. enough. 
that yeah. you know you know when i was a teenager you used to say well i not you but i would say gay like in that in the way tyler crater said he's like to describe stupid shit it was never meant as an actual no no it was never meant as a slur the, the thing is if you had found out at that point that um a, a gay person was mortified by what you said you would have been terribly upset <laughs> i also had no understanding of the gay experience and gay lifestyle what it meant to be gay and to actually just throw that word around with such wild abandon did an absolute mis- disservice to everyone who'd suffered for the rights of to be gay yeah, 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 yeah. Gay. Of so you know you know but that's i think you you grow up you learn this shit and you um, you, you spend your life atoning for it the word that describes something immutable about you uh being used with Gay abandon as a pejorative is well. It's going to have it's going to have repercussions. I mean, it will rankle after a while. It will rankle. That's the thing. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I mean, there is a, a school of thought as well because of uh, Tyler Cray's last album, Flower Boy. Uh, a lot of people read into some of the narrative and lyrics of it, but it's Tyler coming out himself. I was going to say, I hope that they had more to go on than the fact that it was called Flower Boy. I mean, <laughs> I seem to remember once you were telling me that De La Soul yeah. <laughs> got an awful lot of people calling them gay just because there were flowers on the cover of Three Feet High and Rising. That's not street, yo. Uh, Flower. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I thought that's... we all agreed. Flowers are lovely. I'm growing <laughs> lots of them. I mean, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue says, "Any man who tells you he doesn't like receiving flowers is a fucking liar." I agree. <laughs> I enjoy being given flowers. Everybody does, Mike. Everybody yeah, does. Just... And if Tommy Lee tells us anything, I mean, have look in all of our lives to date. Have any of Tommy Lee's doctrines ever steered us wrong? I followed many of his teachings, and absolutely, yeah. And no, I mean the flowers tie the room together. They, they do they a breath do. of fresh air in any I tell room. You what, I've grown marigold from seed, oh. and it is it is a it's a joy every day to look out of my kitchen window and go, oh, look at that. Oh, thank you, Tommy and, Lee. And I tell you, I'm as butch as they come. <laughs> he is, you know. <laughs> Well, right here, right now, I'm wearing a handlebar moustache and an Edwardian strongman outfit. Just to reassert my masculine credentials. <laughs> so, butchness aside, is there more on this context issue? Context? No, I think, I think that's covered Tyler up until this point pretty thoroughly. Okay, then I have a genuine question before we launch into the first track, which is, I have, and I, I freely grant you that this is completely and utterly my fault, but I have sort of written a, a lot of sort of hip-hop off as mm. essentially dance music. I mean, by that I mean music literally to dance to, mm. and or um, amusing skits in between pieces oh, yeah. of dance music. Everyone but, loves those. Yeah, everybody loves those. Mm. Famously, Tommy Lee said they're the best thing about any hip hop record. But, he's right. He's right. <laughs> but this, you would be very hard pushed to dance to some of this. You think? I think I some think. of it. You could, some of it you really could. Yeah, but some of it is just weird. Mm. like aggressively odd now is that an, is that a Tyler the Creator thing or is that a shift 
I mean, let's face it, I'm basing this on the hip-hop that would be in the charts that I might have heard on the radio, not what's happening in shops and in people's lives. But is that a broader trend or is that something that he's doing? Because some of this is really peculiar music. No, this is very much what he's doing, I think. Which is partly why I picked it as an album for us to discuss, because... when it came out last year, I generally was taken aback by this album because it's nothing like he's done before. Because a lot of his early music, it's some of it's very sparse. Uh, it's quite repetitive, and mm. like there's only a few instruments and samples going on. And with each album, he's kind of starting to incorporate more stuff. Like he's thrown in a bit more. There's some albums where he's more guitar based and punk. Like he went through a phase of hanging out with Trash Talk, quite a famous punk band, and like making quite short, sharp, just like come in kick you in the face and run out again kind of almost punk songs so with this it's because it is just a bizarre hodgepodge i wouldn't even call this a hip-hop album because for one he's singing on most of it but it's more of a r&b pop soul funk blamange of everything i think that's absolutely fair yeah yeah i i genuinely could not categorize this as any i mean it won the best rap album at the grammys but the grammys are famously in touch with the the pulse of the, the populace. Um, I mean, so, yep. they gave Jethro Tull best metal performance, so I think they know a there thing you, or two. There you go. A decision which Tommy Lee claimed was the ballsiest move the Grammys had ever done, so... <laughs> and he knows a thing or two. And he knows a thing or two. <laughs> About a thing or two. Yep, so, I mean, and with certain songs on this like Earthquake, which is the second track, was originally written with Justin Bieber and Rana in mind, and both of them turned him down, so he went and made it himself. Fair enough. Yeah. So, like, with the first track called Igor's Theme, mm. where it just kicks in with that really dank and dark bass not synth line and you just got that sample just saying he's coming he's coming yeah i um when i when igor's theme kicked in i did think ooh good <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's it's pretty great <laughs> it, do, it it really does work as an intro piece because it does just get you pumped cuz it because there isn't, he's kind of just vaguely singing on it, and it I just. At well, what he didn't again. Um, I apologise for sweeping statements and sort of my own ignorance about the genre. But what I didn't want it to begin with was uh huh, uh huh, yeah, yeah. which yeah. really aggravates me. Right, they're just finding their flow, just getting to the beats. Yeah. I often myself in my rhymes and musings begin with a uh-huh uh-huh yep yep uh-huh uh-huh well that's just how you begin meetings yeah uh-huh yep 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 uh-huh 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 yeah bad boy okay so this quarter (laughs) (laughs) it really works for you though doesn't it they're always nonplussed (laughs) (laughs) i said confusion then they're in the palm of my hand yeah, so, yeah, Eagle's theme is just instantly, that was when I first listened to it last year. I was like, ooh, this is very different sounding. Because another thing is, like, he he had toyed around with singing a bit on some of his albums. And he, he Tyler his, himself 
says Pharrell Williams is basically his mentor. And he's even described him. He's like, he's like my fucking dad. Because they just, he, he just emulates his style so much. And Pharrell Williams, obviously, these days is very well known for doing a certain song where he sings on it with some minions. Which, which, which one? Happy. Okay, yeah. Because I'm happy. I thought that was Daft Punk. No, that was Up All Night to Get Lucky. Oh, yeah. Is he also on that? Yes. Oh, there you go, then. That's what I've yeah. done there. <laughs> yeah, he had a very good year that year. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was pretty cheerful, and he was up all night. <laughs> if I'm yeah. up all night, I'm in a terrible mood. But then there were some blurred lines with Robin Thicke, and it all went a bit... Yeah, her blurred lines the first time and thought, oh, wow, that is unbelievably catchy. Well done, whoever this is. And then I read the words to it and went, oh, dear. <laughs> well, the oh, good part about oh, that dear. is the person who did the music ended up being Marvin Gaye. Well, well done to this Marvin Gaye. And I look forward to hearing <laughs> more from him. Yeah, so I feel like this is on Igor's theme. You can really hear the Pharrell Williams influence starting to kick in a bit more. And just even just like the synth lines and stuff. If you listen to old Pharrell Williams' uh, production, especially with NERD and the That's Neptunes. What you call it. Yep. Old Pharrell Williams. Old Pharrell Williams. <laughs> it does actually sound like an old prospector name. A little. Yeah. <laughs> old Pharrell Williams. Old Pharrell. Anything with Williams in it sounds like an old prospector. It certainly can do. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah, no, I like that. I very much like it. I thought it was a it's a very ballsy intro mm. with with much to enjoy. Very much a setting the table kind of intro. And then yeah, it then does go into Earthquake. Yeah, Earthquake was good as well. My problem with the album as a whole is that every time I've listened to it, I've really enjoyed it. Mm. But then as soon as I'm not playing it, it's it doesn't live in my head. Yeah, it's fair. It's it's objectively good and I've enjoyed it every single time it's just mm. I don't know I don't know if any of it's going to live with me could that be a case of because the music in general isn't your bag or am I doing you a disservice on that I mean it probably is that in all fairness it probably is but uh, equally I don't know I, to be in, in all honesty I haven't really got a lot to compare it to that's true. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I will do when th- this project reaches its dramatic conclusion <laughs> in my death. When we, exactly, yes. As I commit Harry Kiri and disembowel myself ritually on on Skype. <laughs> oh, we all look forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, quite. <laughs> yep. I mean, this one is definitely him reach would I say him entirely the creator uh, reaching definitely for that more wanting to be taken seriously as a producer because for one thing the front cover actually says arranged and produced by Tyler the creator ah. and what you know he was saying that people have come up to him and say what the fuck you put arranged for and all that trying to be a pompous ass he's like because I literally want to tell people I'm available to arrange and produce your shit he just said, I, w- I want to get film soundtracks. I want to. I want people to approach me to do shit. And if they know I can arrange stuff like this, I, I listened to... Um... Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, just, he's, literally, he's literally selling himself. Tell you what an enterprising young man he is. Quite so. And, want uh... to watch, I'd say. <laughs> and 
on the podcast broken record with Rick Rubin, baby. Mm. Oh, Rick Rubin. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't imagine Rick Rubin would enjoy this at all. There's too much going on. He just wants to strip it back. Strip it back, baby. Just strip, just strip it, back. it back. Strip it back. But in this, um, they're having a chat. Tyler Cray's talking about how in all of his last albums, and people come up to him and say, oh, Tyler, that album's amazing. He's always been quite humble in a way. And go, yeah, thanks, yeah. And he just thought, no, it's not great. It's not brilliant. And then he was just like, on this album, people come up to say, oh, Tyler, this album's incredible. He's like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> he, said he, he said he's worked his ass off on this album to just get all of that music in there and have it work in, you know, in synergy with each other. I mean, it and not- it absolutely does. I even think the the track listing itself is is incredible. It's, it's, the way that it, it just ebbs and flows. Yeah, no song just seems to stop or just fade out. Everything. Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah, it really all just complements each other. Really does. Yeah, and with some songs, if you're not looking at a track listing, again, I was kind of said this on Rush as well. If you weren't checking the track listings, you could still think a track was still happening without yeah, realizing, it's just, like, it's oh, just, it's actually, we're about two tracks down from that. It's just morphed. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I completely I, agree. Which I really enjoy, kind of. I mean, because the songs still stand alone as themselves, but it just makes listening to the album as a whole that much more enjoyable. Like, it. Igor actually works as just one long-ass 40-minute track. Yes, it completely does. And in many ways, it might make more sense if it was listened to like that. Yeah, and I think it does. I think some of the songs on here lose their power a little bit when you do actually listen to them just on your shuffle or something like that. I'll tell you what makes them lose power is having uh, every song interrupted by an advert. That, that oh, really happens. It does diminish the quality of the record. <laughs> It stops it being quite as cohesive. I don't, I don't know what... I mean, yeah, hey, yeah. maybe I'm just being a Johnny traditional. <laughs> but it's not for me. Mm. Also, I don't want Grammarly, and I, I, I just can't stress that enough. Just buy it, then. It'll go I, away. I'm reasonably literate. I don't... <laughs> but if you write every day, you have to get Grammarly. I do write every day. Every goddamn so you, day, you have to get Gramley. I'm even doing the hand movements that woman does on the advert. Well, certainly within the advert, it seems that all of the people that work in those organisations are fucking chimps <laughs> <laughs> that don't know the difference between suppository and supposition, which is a hilarious misunderstanding because a suppository goes up one's ass. And, and that's the gag, Bobby. That's how they get you. It's in that's, the bum. That's what Tommy Lee told us. Well, that's how we're, obviously that's where I learned it. I'm not saying everybody's born with that knowledge. I'm saying Tommy Lee administers it, and you should retain it. Got otherwise, it. otherwise, what's Tommy Lee doing it for? I mean, what, Himself? Why is, he, why is he here? To improve our lot in life. Exactly. Come on, guys. <laughs> Throw Tommy a bone, guys. <laughs> yeah, so Earthquake... Um, it's kind of a lead single off the album. Uh, yeah, I absolutely, you know, it's it's definitely one of the more easygoing songs on it. Yeah, it's not one of I my favourites. No, it's not one of mine either. Uh, it's perfectly pleasant, and the, the video for it's quite uh, kooky and mysterious. Is that the one where he's got the old blonde wig on? We had the blonde wig on on all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's a very striking wig. It's, it's a striking visual he creates for himself because he performs it live as well with the sunglasses, the blonde wig, and then the pastel suit with no shirt. I mean, it is a very 
Very striking look, isn't it? It is, and something about watching him live as well. He he just has such incredible movements with his body, just the way he uses just it's literally usually just him and whatever outfit he's wearing, and just he cuts a real shape on stage. Where's he, he come just... from? Like where was he educated? Uh I think he's from California. Okay. I'm just yeah. wondering whether or not he had like not stage school exactly, but you know. No, don't think so. He's just he's just one of them. Autodidacts. Yeah, he just, he just came out, just fully formed this artistic genius, it looked like. I hate people like that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Real how, could, how could you have this much talent and drive and yeah. vision, frankly? Yeah, no, he is. It's quite remarkable. I mean, say what you will about some of his lyrics, um, but yeah, just the actual creativity and frequency of it is remarkable i mean can you imagine living in that man's head yeah i mean he's what he's he's 30 and he's got well he's on his yeah fifth album well if you reach 30 and it takes somebody on a podcast a good 30 seconds just to rifle through his uh job descriptions his titles you've probably done quite a lot take a year take a year off ty yeah Go and work with Tommy Lee doing philanthropic educational programs. So I think probably it might be my favourite track on the album, which just kicks in immediately after Earthquake. Uh, that... was, I think I think he's one of one of two or three that I thought were standouts. Yeah, just it, the oh, way yeah, yeah. instantly kicks in with that drum, that boom, 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 and then just those. Simps would just sound like they're breaking down. At brum, 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 brum. Yeah, yeah. I think he's one of the big three. Yeah. And then halfway through, it kind of has this little noodly breakdown where Solange Knowles kicks in, singing in the background. And that one, I really think you could actually just do a very weird dance to it and enjoy yourself. Solange Knowles is on there. Yes. Uh, um, she's... Oh. oh, no. That's merely the writer's list. Apologies. <laughs> I mean, this album is peppered with... Uh, uncredited people on it like uh you got Ch- charlie wilson CeeLo green pop pops on it kanye west does a verse on puppet puppet so yeah president west is on here yep so yeah i think as well it just, it just shows that progression as well as him as a producer because that's one where it really starts to the music just ebbs and flows and there's so many much going on it starts as this weird almost mosh pit like disco tune and then become something a bit more soothing yeah it's quite the gumbo isn't it yeah and it's all done in three and a half minutes it's quite quite a grand achievement hmm. i think i don't i couldn't even claim to say it's like a, a brilliant three minute pop song so i don't even think it's a pop song i just feel well, no. three minutes of like mm. incredible music it's, it's such a remarkable accomplishment isn't it <laughs> The album. Yeah, and then the next bit is just a 14 second skit uh, of Jared Carmichael, comedian, delivering some lines which he peppers throughout the album. And then there's Running Out of Time, which is again, again weirdly in three minutes. It, um, I will have got to say, Running Out of Time uh, didn't run out of time quickly enough for me. Oh, very good, Mr. Ebert. I didn't care for it at all. No, it's it's not one I cherish. I mean, I, I remember it very well because 
the refrain of running out of time, running out of time. It goes on quite a lot in the three minutes, so... You, yeah, doesn't you're, it? You're hard-pressed to forget it. It's whether or not you actually enjoy it. I don't like that um, that voice either. I don't know who it is. Uh, it's not him, is it? It could very well be, because he put so many well, effects on his voice. I was going to say, if it is, then he's using all the effects. Oh, yeah, his voice does everything on this album. It goes from super high pitch to proper growly and every once in a while you hear his actual voice in there as well do you remember when Tom Waits used to try and do that instead of just going oh yeah bless him oh Tom yes I used to enjoy you much more um, yeah I've really gone off him as um <laughs> I will admit considering he used to be one of my staples with a Nick yeah, Cave, yeah, with yeah, David yeah. Bowie with a Scott Walker um, I find myself as time goes on becoming I'm not going back to Tom as much as I used to. If anything, Tom, I think you've you've got you've gone, you've become two Tom Waits. Yeah, it's you're now all cantankerous mm. and nothing else. I mean, if he came out with a Igor style album, then I'm right back on fucking board with Tom and incredible. But yeah, I mean, as a little thing that Tom Waits might want to try is. Maybe don't have all of the instruments being played by members of your immediate family. Yeah, and can they not all be horns from a dump you found? <laughs> yeah, why not use just one or two con- conventional instruments? I found a gookum hoppum. You made that up, Tom. Go away, Tom. I've been hitting a piano with a wrench. Why don't you just caress it with one's fingers? <laughs> like you used to. Like you um, used to, Tom. It was great stuff. <laughs> it was like, it was a lovely, lovely couple of records. I, and then we really liked all of the ones after that. But then it has just got a little bit... <laughs> yeah. Why not? Get a drummer and don't do all the drums with your voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom, come on, Tom. I'd love to get you and Tommy Lee in a room together, Tom. Oh, he'd straighten him out. Oh, Tommy. Come on, Tom. Tommy. Tom, Tom. Uh, New Magic One, though. Mm, Which sounds like a Captain Beefheart track. Yes, it does. And it's an absolute belter. Mm. New Magic One is one of my favourite three. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't tell you much about it other than every time it came on... It was the one where I had to go back to the screen and go, which one is this one again? Oh, I like this. Because mm. again, a bit like I think, it just kicks in instantly with that massive drum. Like, boom, boom, boom. I am a sucker for a big drum intro. I love a drum. And, and the weird thing as well, this would be one where, considering this like is the weird pop funk, hip hop hybrid, people, you could imagine people in a mosh pit properly a, a, a show for this. Maybe that's what up. it is. Maybe it's the one that was more closely aligned with my own, I'm going to say prejudices, but what I actually mean is tastes, <laughs> because that's allowed. <laughs> but um, no, I thought New Magic Wand is a, is a bit of a jam. Yeah. What's it about? I was, trying to, I was trying to catch the lyrics. I deliberately didn't want to read them because, mm. or, or read anything particularly about the album because I thought that would... Like, even when I started developing... Um, some views on his lyrics from other records I stopped listening to them so I could just take Igor as a piece of work yeah. and, and it's more about sound than anything what, what are any of these about? Well the overall concept for the album is Igor is supposed to be some kind of weird villain's assistant as you might 
get from the title. Uh, but the overall narrative is it is supposed to be a, um, a, you know, a love triangle. Where is it I have here? Uh, Tyler is seeing a man who is also seeing a woman. Uh, who And the woman is pulling the man away from Tyler. Or right. Igor, I should say. Yeah, no, no, sorry. Igor is supposed to be Tyler's villainous assistant. So he turns up to observe all this after Tyler starts pouring his own heart out. So the album almost, when we hear Igor's theme at the beginning, it's almost Tyler's, Tyler's heart is broken to begin with. And now Igor's turned up and we're hearing the story about how this is all disintegrated, this love affair. Right. Didn't get that at all, but uh, Mm. still great record. So yeah, new magic has that kind of that constant phrasing of black magic, black magic. Black... This is, again, I think this is one that's probably closer to a hip hop song on it as well, which is bizarre because at the same time it's got the trappings of a more conventional kind of punk style kind of way it's it's put together, the way it's constructed. But at the same time, the sound is very hip hop. I very much sampled. enjoyed the trappings. I'm going to I'm going to be taking that. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I mean, it, again, it's... Uh, I keep saying again today. I don't know why. Apologies, everyone. But it's... Yeah, it throws everything. You've got, like, weird little guitar riffs in there. Mm. And then this kind of... This tapping that's almost like a cowbell noise in there. And this is this is one way it just throws everything at the wall. But it's all going at about 100 miles an hour. And it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's got such tremendous energy to it. Mm. And then A Boy Is A Gun, which I think sounds very Kanye West-like. It's kind of with the soul sample in it. Mm. And the way it kicks in instantly, that don't, don't shoot me down. Oh, yes. Yeah. This one has more of a a, a 70s throwback style, so almost like a stylistics. More of a a soul thing, isn't there? Yeah, this one definitely feels... Less hip hop, more soul and funk infused. No, I would absolutely agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and, and this one kind of the, the beat's actually weird for it because he's rapping over this one more than he has on <laughs> other songs. Did you just pop an A in there beforehand? He's a rapping. I didn't believe I did, but you know that might just be no I mean, habit. When you when you come back to edit this, I'd like to know whether or not I was right and heard he's a rapping all over this. Rapping all over this. He's a rip rap rapping. He's one of them hip hop and rapping. One of them rapping fellas that they got now. Uh, but the, the the bee itself, it kind of doesn't. It behaves weirdly, like the, the bass in it. I think I, I I'm terrible, and I um, as we've said before, we're, we're not very musical. <laughs> we can, we can describe what we like in it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the um the actual timing of the the bass on it seems out of step with his actual. Would you say he's syncopation? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Yes, yeah. Along with the if, beat, I, if it turns out I'm right, I am absolutely delighted by that. Mm. And yeah, so it, it kind of behaves quite weirdly. This song, in terms of its structure, the way he, he his voice over the top of the beat, and mm. yeah, and 
it's one of those ones where there's so much going on it because you listen to it at first it seems deceptively simple you've just got and got this uh the soul sample which could even just be his voice he's tempered that much but then there's all these other little bells and whistles happening in the background that you almost don't notice like just little synth flourishes of things just bleeping and all this happening it's actually it's another great example of you think he's just made this very simple song like he usually does, but there's actually so much shit going I'll on. Tell you what, you've really made me want to go back and listen to this one again. Mm. Because my take home of it was a don't shoot me down, Danny. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and by the end, you've got almost a chorus singing with him. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, there's a, there is a lot going on in the boy's a gun. I feel like I feel I've judged it too harshly, and what I judged it as was. Oh, that's quite good, yeah. but clearly it deserves more than that. Well, I invite. I fear, Adam, I, I fear I've given it short shrift. We shall go back at the party and put it on again. Hmm. Puppets, odd. Puppet. Yes. Puppet. Puppet. So there's usually on a Tyler album a really slow down song. It's usually a love track, but in kind of a bizarre way. Like on his album Wolf, there's one called "I Fucking Hate You." Which, as you, as you can imagine from the title, it, it's a bizarre, deranged love song. And Puppets kind of does the same thing, where it's... Puppet. Yeah, I'm your puppet. And he's literally singing. And then, thrown in there, you've got a random Kanye West. I wouldn't even call it verse. Kanye's just kind of shouting. Well. As is his want, <laughs> President West. As is his one. I mean, genuine question. I'd love to know. I don't. I don't necessarily expect you to answer, Adam. But if and when Kanye West becomes president, will he still be featuring on people's albums? Puppet. Puppet. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's. An, yeah. I say it's a very slow down number. I feel the the hand of Pharrell Williams on this one as well. Ah, the spectral mm. glove of Pharrell Williams. Yes. Ah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, no, I, I like Puppet. It's not one of my favourites, but I have to say, on this album, there's no song, because I, I could do without some of the in, interlude bits. There's no song on this I dislike. I mean, I know I said running out of time I could do without, but I, yeah, I can take yeah. a running out of time. There's no song on here I dislike. I felt the same way about moving pictures, really. The closest I get to actively dislike is Vital Signs. And... Um... Even then, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, Puppet's fine. And I, can't, I actually quite like the way Kanye sounds when he kicks in because he does bring a kind of echoey, just, yeah, just because his lyrics are all to do with just, you know, longing madness. for some madness, for, for, <laughs> longing for, you know, someone. And yeah, he kind of brings the right level of, dare I say, mania to it. Which, to be fair to Kanye, he does, you know, Intentionally, he does have quite a good line in doing that. Well, yeah, yeah, he's he's very good at ploughing that particular furrow. Um, mm. He just needs a couple of people that know how to say no to him. I'm not sure you should be doing that, Mr. West. <laughs> Quiet now! <laughs> I've got to be emperor! <laughs> uh, so what's good? Boom, 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 boom. I was trying to remember how What's Good began because I couldn't remember or couldn't decide whether or not it was What's Good or Gone Gone Thank You that I thought was the absolute smash. And I and I put that down to the fact that, like you said, 
a lot of the the album just sort of mm. segues and flows into one another. Yeah. So I suspect what I'm going to have to do is say tracks nine and ten are a belter. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, what's good is uh, I, again it's more traditional hip hop. It, it almost has a, a old school Rum DMC, almost Rick Rubin style production to it. Just the way the drums are just very sparse and kick in. Um, and then towards the second half of it, you've got that breakdown where you just start saying, Dracula, Dracula, Dracula. Ooh. Yes, that is good, isn't it? Yeah, it just slows right down. And then just with his, because that's his normal voice when he says that. And you just think, fuck Tyler, I wish I sounded like you. Because that's just you talking, Dracula, Dracula, Dracula. Yeah, so what's good, I love the bass on it. it. This one does feel like a proper, you can drive around to this one just with your subwoofers and your doodads and doohickeys and just yes, yes. nod your fucking head. Boom, boom. That's one thing I will say about Tyler, he gives good bass. He absolutely does. It's uh, It's got some earth-shattering bass mm. in this three-headed monster of a track. Yeah, and when, yeah, like you say, it kind of segues into Gone Gone. Slash, thank you. I'm yeah. assuming Gone Gone, thank you. Is that supposed to be two separate songs that these just, I don't know, yeah. couldn't or wouldn't unstitch? Because it's 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 like twice as long as all the yeah, other songs. Yeah, it's like six minutes. So yeah, it's essentially two songs thrown yeah. in for the price of one for some reason. Yeah, I'd say Gone Gone isn't one of my favourites. Uh, it feels almost like an extended interlude. Then it must be what's good is the bit that uh, basically what you've just described with the thumping bass and Dracula, Dracula, Dracula. Yeah, that's what's it, good. That that's my favourite. <laughs> yeah, because then Gone Gone almost it has a bit of a sound of like a, a 70s uh, commercial oh. and starts off. He's doing stuff with his voice again, kind of high pitched voice stuff. And then does a, my love's gone. I can't, wow, my voice is really shot today. Um, but he's doing a lot of singing on it. And it kind of just goes on for three minutes of him, my love's gone. And doing oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, like, it just feels like an extended interlude rather than an actual song. Hmm. And what then, a hell of an extension though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, it just flows straight into Thank You, which it's very... Almost a Kenny Loggins style vibe to it with the uh, like the, the synths and the keys on it, just with this almost tribalistic drum, but with this very smooth kind of yeah, Kenny Loggins is here at Pooh Corner, yeah. Kenny Loggins. Do you think uh, Kenny Loggins was what he was attempting to accomplish? I would actually say yes, because on some of the interviews I've seen with him, he said he's really got into the eighties. Like he's saying that he, when he growing up, he fucking hated the eighties musically, aesthetically, you know, spiritually, and now he fucking loves it, and he's just really gone into eighties music, eighties movies, and just the aesthetic of the eighties. So it really wouldn't surprise me if he actually had been listening to some Kenny, like Vox Hunter style, um, Kenny very, Loggins. There's a very simple view of the world in eighties films, which yeah, is quite, well, it's quite comforting to watch. <laughs> More things means better life. <laughs> yeah, basically. America good? Amer- America good. America good. Possession. Possession's great. I mean, it's, it is the Vince McMahon ethos. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. 
all of America is just tied up in the embodiment of Vince McMahon from WWE. Another challenging individual. Mm. Yeah, and then thank you in its its uh, majestic Kenny Loggins way goes into I don't love you anymore, which I quite like, but I could see it kind of grating on people. The uh, the kind of repeating of the the, the title in this kind of I don't love you anymore. It could get a big grating. Um, I've listened to it a few times and sometimes I found it annoying and other times I thought, oh, this is good. Mm. I, I think it's, yeah. But it, again, vocally he's doing a lot of weird things on it because he's doing this almost um, New Jack soul choir and then just occasionally screaming. <laughs> By this point it Jack? is. Uh, if you think about uh, Blackstreet, um, very early 90s Michael Jackson style. It's called New Jack Swing. Oh. Yeah. So basically anything R&B-ish. For, you know, Black Tie White Noise by Bowie's kind of considered New Jack Swing. Oh, really? His his Lighthouse family record? That's ours. Oh, of course it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah if anyone wants to hear our thoughts on this, please do check out our podcast, Breaking Glass, Breaking for, Glass. for David Bowie catalogue. Uh, yeah, that's New Jack Swing. But yeah, and but like I say, he's throwing in just random acts of vocal violence by just <laughs> screaming here and there, and but still having quite lovely way in a bit of um, choir singing and harmonies. And I feel yeah, like the last two tracks um, let the side down slightly. Yeah, I, I know a few people will say, "Are we still friends?" as well, which is the last track. Are we still friends? Can we be friends? Yeah, I know some people who said it's a bit of a damp squib to end quite a fantastic album. I actually really like Are We Still Friends, but I can see why Mm. it would be underwhelming. I think there's just something about the... the, um, Firstly, I love the fact it is almost a doo-wop song in like very much the the 60s style. Hmm. It's got Al Green in it, isn't it? It's sampled. Yeah, and I think I, I love just the vulnerability of his voice in it because you can actually hear it breaking at times and it's the closest you hear him singing on it as well because everything else on the album sounds so treated and, you know, put through some electronic Duma my dad Eno thing. <laughs> but... <laughs> Engage the Duma my dad <laughs> Eno thing. Yeah, I quite like the fact it's him just singing, obviously in character, but you know, you can actually hear him almost as, as an actor on this song, and hear some lines where he's breaking a bit, and yeah, it's 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 almost like his version of Frank Zappa's um, "Watermelon Easter Hay," where it's him just going full tilt at the end and just Ouch. singing to singing to the wind, but on Frank Zappa, obviously he's doing it with a guitar. And a central scrutinizer. You can fuck off. Just fuck off your central fucking scrutinizer. I mean, we did well with not swearing, didn't we? We, oh, we, made, we made one episode. Damn it. Yes, sorry. I think I spoke over you about 15 minutes ago and you're about to say something about, are we still friends? And I just launched into something. That's all right. You had you had valuable insights to share. Thanks. Uh, I think you I was probably so. I mean, you've, you've just interrupted me again there. But, I mean, uh, I was... wonderful, Adam. Please continue. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I like it. I, I like the whole album. I don't know whether or not 
I don't know how frequently I'm going to listen to it again. Mm. I would like, and as I'm sure I will, over the course of this project, Mm. I would like to listen to other albums that might be considered contemporaries to it to see how it stacks up. Because it may well be what I suspect has happened here is that you've given me, you've started with like the best absolute (laughs) fucking thing that exists and now everything else is a bit, huh? I mean, well, you you found out yourself just listening back to some of Tyler's creators have a work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's much more conventional compared to the. I mean, he's still he's still clearly got more ideas than a lot of people. I mean, he's still going to make somebody like Fifty Cent look like an utter cretin. Yes, and he does, <laughs> and he does, and he, indeed he is. But Fifty Cent is a boring artist. Because this album went to number one in the US as well, and weird, it, it got huge praise last year and was on a lot of people's best of end, end of year lists. And but it's actually the album before this, Flower Boy, which is considered like his great album. No, oh, that's the jewel but, in the crown, apparently. So, but I'm not a massive Flower Boy fan, and maybe it's another one of those cases where I listened to it when it first came out in 2017. Okay, yeah. I've not gone back to it since. And maybe if I did now, I would go, oh, no, I'm a buffoon. This album's incredible. But other than Igor, my other favourite uh, Tyler album is his second one, Wolf, which I think is his... Up until Igor, I thought it was his masterpiece. Mm. And, I, you know, again, not throwing that word around lightly, I generally think Wolf no, no, is no, a, no, great, a, a great album. Um, so that's why Igor, when I listened to it the first time last year, it really took me... a aback because i was like this is incredible and it's so different for him but you can hear in it the progression from you go back and listen to other albums now you can hear the seeds of igor in there completely and it really is like you can when he says that he worked his ass off on this album he spent some real time on it you can hear that in there and Hmm. you know you have to appreciate that in any artist where they spend their time on something. You've and, got to appreciate if they're willing to put the man hours in. Yeah, and the thing is, there's only two years between this and Flower Boy. So going from what's considered, you know, you, you know, widely regarded as his best album to then doing this two years later, which then many other people thought was as good as, if not surpassed it. It's like, and he got a number mm. one album off the back of it. It's like, wow. Um, and he did that great kind of Scott Walker-esque thing where in this interview, at the end of it, he just says, Okay, I got a number one, but now the real fucking work starts. Mm. Where do I where do I go from here? This is where the real work starts. The same way Scott Walker on Scott Walker Two said that like, this album is the work of a lazy man. The real work yeah. starts here. That's absolutely remarkable, isn't it? That you could well, not only that, that you could make Scott Two and then write it off as the work of a lazy man, given some of the crap that he was going to record yeah. over the next 10, 15 years. But, but put that in the sleeve notes on the album people are listening to as they read it. This yes. the album is the work of a lazy man. Baller move. Yeah, it really is. Also, I though, I mean, a lazy man would leave the sleeve notes that Jonathan King wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Given that, you know, he was literally in prison for nonsery. Yeah. yeah. Probably leave his, leave his sleeve notes on the reissue. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think we'd all be fine with that. We're not that much of a purist <laughs> music collecting board. Probably change it. <laughs> just, 
Just Paul Gambaccini, he'll write bang out a hundred yeah. words for you. He'll paraphrase what Jonathan King said, but importantly, won't have Jonathan King at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a reason why you can't buy from Genesis to Revelation. Because he still owns it. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, you can only buy that second hand so he doesn't get a piece of the pie. You can't buy a reprint of that. He kept it, which, in fairness, was very shrewd. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> well, shrewd nonce. Um... <laughs> they, many of them are. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. It's had to go away with it so long. Absolutely. <laughs> Nonsri aside, I mean, Nonsri has nothing to do with Igor, but uh, so are, are we in favour of keeping it playing at the party, keeping it on the jukebox? Uh, certainly am, uh, mainly, mainly so I can have a sit down and a bit of a chin scratch and uh, you can tell me more of your interesting thoughts. Um, it's it's going to create an odd vibe at a party. Will, going from Rush to Tyler will, yeah. That's all right. It's okay. I mean, what then? When it's my turn again, it's going to be what I've picked is going to really, really mess up the vibe. Right. Well, before we work out who's picking next time, what's your favourite track on Igor? Um, the one I said. Yeah. What's good? Yeah. I I would I would go with I think and what's good. Definitely, yeah. I, what's good? I, oh, I do really like New Magic Wand. Mm. Yeah, what's good? Yeah, which I, which I like because you picked which is more the more solidly hip hop song on it. So, well done, Adam. Hey, I'm growing and learning. Hey, this cat's got it. <laughs> All right, Adam. To decide who picks the album next time. Oh, spin the wheel, Mike. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. <laughs> Adam. Oh, it's Adam. Oh. Well, what, what a stroke of luck. Hey. So, Adam, what are you proposing to bring next time to the party? Okay, Mike, the year is 2003. No shit. Yes, it is. And on the 7th of July, the darkness released permission oh. to land. <laughs> uh, for, you know what? For a split second, I got vaguely excited. Uh. <laughs> Ah, I listened to it the other day in its entirety. It's only about 20 minutes long. And it's not going to ask out And if there's one thing I can absolutely say is that it really is not going to be making many demands on you. It isn't, would you believe? It's not as challenging a work as Igor. Yeah, I mean, I have memories of, I mean, well, I won't go into too much, but I have memories of listening to our ad nauseum in my sixth form common room. Yeah. And I probably about- haven't listened to it since then. No, and that is what I thought. I assumed you would not have listened to it since you were about 17. I, mean, I, I do own a copy of it on CD, which I think I bought in Greenwich uh, Music Exchange. I, I long lost my copy of uh, this. So I bought one in a charity shop for 50 pence yep. because that is how popular this album was. That, it, it's basically the, the Phil Collins face value of its time. Yes, it absolutely is. Or um, James Last. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I was was not expecting that to. Well, that's what I thought. Be coming our way. I mean, it won the Brit Award for Mastercard British Album of the Year and the Kerrang Award for Best Album. These are accolades, Mike. How could they fail as bad? The thing that really makes me laugh about it, though, is that on the cover of it, next to the parental advisory explicit lyric sticker, because it it is a little bit sweary, there's, um, you know, the the little testimonials back when music magazines existed. Oh, yeah. And there's lots of them that say things like, an album for the ages. And you listen to it and go, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's an album of an age. It is an album of 2003. Copying the age of the 1970s. It was, uh, yeah, 1970s into the 80s. There's a definite, yeah. there's a, it, there's but, definitely. But anyways, I feel like we're shooting our load here. With I am what, absolutely fascinated to find out just how much you hate some of it. And also, I think you're gonna, you'll be pleasantly surprised. I, I do have a feeling I'm gonna get some real nostalgic pangs from this, well, but that's also some feelings of, oh, I forgot how much I fucking hate this one. Oh, completely. I listened to it and thought some of it made me so happy, and some some of it I could remember every word, and some of it I thought, yeah. how on earth in an album this short did you run out of ideas this quickly? <laughs> but some of those songs are great. Well, I thought be fun to chat about yeah no i think that's a good pick actually now i've come round from my murderous rage <laughs> i mean we've had a couple of genuine masterpieces and i thought it was important to have something that was considered a masterpiece at the time and yet i don't think anybody would claim that it is now hey hey i can dig your logic and i saw them perform live um not too long ago actually probably only about two or three years ago in a barbecue festival in Bristol, and it, they were genuinely great. <laughs> such right. a lot of fun. Right. So until next time in episode three, where we'll be hearing more about Adam's barbecue and talking about permission to land by the darkness. Uh, just want to say thank you for attending another party, everyone. Very successful, I think. And if you're interested in keeping up with us and the many things we do outside of our great charity work. We don't do charity work. You can find us on Facebook. Not We're on... against the idea of doing charity work, but our contributions would be meaningless. <laughs> and it actually a hindrance to the overall If, if anything, I am just going to get in the way. I'm quite cumbersome and ungainly. Yeah, he is ungainly. That's what you can be said about him. So yeah, yeah. if you you can come find us on Facebook and listening party pod. We're on Twitter as at party listen because that's the closest handle I can get to this name. Uh, you can also find us at listening party pod at gmail.com. And I think that's about it for now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we will catch you next time with the darkness. Brilliant. <laughs> 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 <laughs>